Hey, welcome to Church Experience and welcome to week two of Mind Games. So excited that you could join us today. If it's your first time, head over to churchexperience.tv connect. We'd love to connect with you. This is also a great place to go if you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests. We'd love to answer those questions, get back to you, and be praying for you. Well, I'm so excited for today's message. I know it's gonna be an impactful one. My hope is that you will grow closer to our Heavenly Father. So welcome to week two of Mind Games, a series we're calling Mind Games. And the focus of this series, uh, just to recap, is winning the war in your mind, winning those mind games that that we live through. And the key verse throughout this whole series is Romans 12, 2, which says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. And I don't know about you, but, but ha- perhaps you've had an argument before. Uh, have you ever had an argument? Uh, I think we all have. And um, sometimes, a lot of times, in fact, I have self-arguments Arguments in my own mind that I'm that I'm thinking about, and uh, sometimes uh, it's like it's like a broken record. You know those old-fashioned record players. The, the record will keep playing, and even though it's still playing, it, it somehow the needle that plays the music will keep skipping back, and it's it's playing the same song over and over and over, and it's like these arguments. You know, that can come up in the mind. It's just like they just are on repeat and they go over and over. And, and these are like broken uh, thought patterns. And I think, I think most of us, if not all of us, can relate to this. And sometimes like these are really good thoughts and we, we appreciate like, yeah, that's great. I want to think about that some more. Or a lot of times it's, it's really uh, thoughts we don't want to have, but they just keep cycling on repeat. And sometimes they're while we sleep, and sometimes it's right when we wake up, and it's like just broken record, and we're just trying to get out of the cycle. Sometimes these thought patterns can look like um, working, and I just got to keep working, and I just got to work harder and work harder. In fact, I'm not ever going to stop working. I just got to keep going. I just got to keep working, working, and and working hard is a great ethic. It's it's great to do that, but. On the other side, uh, workaholism is not something that we want to have. That's, that's, that would be a toxic pattern in our life. And, you know, some days I uh, think that way. And, and sometimes it's the complete opposite. Have you ever had the complete opposite thought, <laughs> like the arguments in your mind, and, and you find yourself losing? Uh, some days it's, it's not about working hard and hard and hard. It's some, some days it's, it's, well, you know what, that can wait. Or I'm just going to, I'll just do that later. You know what? It's just not, it's not even that important. It's just like the complete opposite. And um, sometimes it's not even my thoughts. I think a lot of times it's my stomach. <laughs> sometimes it's my stomach. And sometimes I'm thinking, 
I'm going to eat that, and I'm going to eat that, and, and I'm going to eat that, and I'm just going to, going to keep on eating. And, and, you know, a lot of times, like, vacations are even like that. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat that, and then in between, I'm getting the ice cream, and then, then I'm going to eat that. And, and so sometimes it's, it's, I get stuck. It's not my thoughts. It's just the, the feelings that I just get stuck in. And I think all of us can do that from time to time. And you know what? It's, it's, it's like a war zone, and sometimes our minds and our thoughts and these patterns in our lives are just nonstop. And it's like a barrage. The first thing in the morning or, or during the night, it's just a constant, constant barrage of thinking and thoughts or feelings. And sometimes it's, it's like feelings of, well, I, I'm not good enough. Or, or feelings of like, well, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm at, least, at least I'm not like that. And so, sometimes it's it's worry and doubt and fear. Sometimes the, the, the battle of the mind is like a frustration or, or a deep-set bitterness or, or holding a grudge. And, and we don't really want it to be there, but yet we're, we're, we're in prison. There's this war going on, and we can find ourselves being in this self-made prison of the mind. And if we're honest today... Many of us can say, I need a prison break. And if you're taking notes, that's the message title today. Prison break. We need a prison break. Because, you know, uh, the truth is, is God did give you a mind. But he didn't intend for your mind to be in bondage or in slavery or in prison to these thoughts. God made your mind to be free. And that is the first point I want to make today. And write this down. Write it down on a piece of paper. This is important. And write it in first person. I am made to be free. It is in your identity through Jesus to be made free. He wants your thinking to be free. He wants your thought life to be set free. It says in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Notice, even though Jesus came to forgive us, it doesn't say it was for forgiveness that Jesus set us free. Yeah, forgiveness had a huge deal, but it's for freedom that Christ came to set us free. And it goes on to say, stand firm then. You who are free, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened. By, again, by yoke of slavery. No, God didn't send Jesus just so you can be forgiven. He sent him for freedom. And he sent him to set you free. And to set your mind free. And to set all of us who are captives to be set free. He sent his son for your freedom. Now just imagine... You're in a prison cell. Just imagine you're there. You're, you, you've been there a long time. In fact, it's all you can really remember. Maybe you were born into that, and you're in this prison cell. And it's not just any prison. It's death row. And, and you know it's coming. You know it's coming at the end of death row. But one day, after this long time of being in this prison, the warden comes walking through, and he's spinning his keys 
And you hear him coming down the hall like he normally does, but he stops at your prison cell. And he looks right at you in your eyes. And he says, with a big smile, he says, I've got the greatest news for you today. Someone has come and has paid for your penalty. They paid your death penalty. You've been forgiven, and it has paid for your penalty has been removed. And then he goes on his way, spending his keys. And there for a minute, your, your heart was racing, and, and you were about to do backflips. You couldn't believe that, man, I've been in death row since I can remember. I've been stuck here in this prison. I've been in this prison, and I get the best news ever that someone says, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. But then he left. He just continued on walking. And I'm still in this prison cell and stuck there. I think too many of us, even Christians and believers, know that we are forgiven, but we don't realize that we are free. And it is the expectation of forgiveness to have freedom. It's for freedom that Christ came and set us free. You know, I think Paul is saying in this verse, he, he, he's talking in, in, in past tense here. He says it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. And I want you to notice if you dig into this scripture, he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people who say, yep, I know Jesus, and Jesus has set me free. He has paid for my sins, period. And to many That is the gospel that they're believing, and that's not the whole gospel. Paul is talking to the church. He's saying, hey, Jesus didn't just forgive you. He came that you can be free. He came to set your mind free. Those thoughts that have been pestering you, those thoughts that keep you up at night, the worry and frustration, the shame and the doubt, the guilt and the fear, those things that have you in bondage, Jesus came to set you free. And that is what Paul's saying. He says, stand firm. Don't go back to a yoke of slavery. Don't don't go back to the prison cell. Freedom does not belong in a prison. You do not belong in a prison because you have been made to be free. You've been created to be free. And speaking of creations, my uh, son Cade, he often makes, he often makes things. <laughs> and it's, it's a, really, it's in his nature. He loves to make crafts, and really all my children do, but Cade has a, has a special love for this. And he came running in my room one day. He says, hey, Dad, look, look I made this game. And I, I thought, you know, for, for mind games, this would be a really great opportunity to, to show off one of his games here. <laughs> and uh, if you can see this, the, the name of this game is called Catch uh, Hatna Pokemon. And I guess that's the name of a Pokemon. <laughs> and uh, what used to be a ping pong ball, he has turned into a Pokemon ball. And if you know anything about Pokemon, and, and, I, and I'm learning this as, as, as I'm a parent here, uh, the idea is you throw this Pokeball at the Pokemon and you capture them. And the whole point of it all is to capture. And so Kate is like, Dad, look, I made this game. And, and, and inside, inside is, 
is the Pokemon named Hatna. And, and you, the goal, the, the function of this game is you put the Pokeball here and you, you flick it up in this cup. I'm probably going to fail miserably, so I'm not going to try it. But you flick it up, and if it goes into the cup, you, you capture the Pokemon, and that's the whole purpose. So he's like, the function is to flick it in there and to capture him. And, 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 the, and the purpose of the game is to, to, to get the Pokemon, to capture the Pokemon. And so uh, Cade made this game primarily because he is creative, and he just can't not be creative. He just likes to make things. It's, it's who he is. He gets, he gets a joy out of it. And then the second reason he made it is because he loves Pokemon. And I couldn't help but to think about how God is. It's, God is creative. He, he's the maker. He, he is the creator. And that's who he is. He can't help not to be himself. It's in his nature to create and be creative. And guess what? Out of God's all-knowing and infinite creativity, you know what he decided to do with that? He decided to make you out of the abounding love from who he is. He made you. And he made you to be free. And kind of like any created thing, like Cade created this game, and it has a function, and it's got a purpose. You and I are created beings, and God made us through His love for, to have a purpose and to, to have a function. And our function is to praise His name with all that we are. His, our, our function is to give Him glory. Through everything, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. And our purpose is to live in freedom. Our purpose is to be made set free. To be made set free. You know, Satan, Satan has one weapon. And his one weapon is to tell you, you're not made to be free. In fact, his, his, his only weapon is a lie. And he uses the same tactic over and over and over. You know that bad thought you have? You're never going to get over it. You know that bad habit you have? This area where you keep sinning and you're never going to win. You can ask for forgiveness all you want, but you're not going to win. You know what? The Word of God says otherwise. He says you've been made to be free and Christ came to set you free. You know, Satan knows that a lie believed as a truth will affect your life as if it were true. But he's wrong. You've been made to be free. So I want to give us an action step here. A couple of action steps today in living a life in freedom and being free from the thoughts that have formerly taken you captive. And action step one is you expose the lie. Expose the lies that Satan is throwing your way. You might not be able to see them all the time, but if you're struggling with a thought or a habit or a feeling and you're stuck, ask the question, why? And start exposing that lie. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was in the kitchen and I, I saw the dishes and I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to uh, be a good husband here and I'm going to wash all these dishes, and, um, 
and without even being asked, and I, I just want to give a scoreboard here uh, to husbands. So if, if a husband in the household decides, like, I'm going to wash the dishes, in, in our minds, in the mind of a husband, we're thinking, this is worth a thousand points. It's a thousand points. But <laughs> to my wife's mind, nope, it's, it's only worth one point. It's just worth one point. Okay, just so we know what the scoreboard looks like. So anyway, uh, without being asked or anything, I I see all these dishes, and I'm thinking, I'm going to score a 1,000 points today. Without being asked, I'm going to come in, I'm going to wash these dishes, and I see a sponge that's sitting up there uh, on the sink. And I looked at it, picked it up, I'm like, ah, you know, it looks kind of ratty. And and I looked, I'm not going to use that. I look under the sink, and I see this other one that's sitting there, on top of a canister, and I picked that up, and I was like, yeah, that one looks a lot better. I'm, I'm going to use this one. And so then I continue washing the dishes and scrubbing everything, and I, I get everything completely done. And I'm thinking, yes, like, man, not just a 1,000 points, but I'm getting a bonus point because I wasn't asked to do it. So 1,001 points, and I'm excited that I got to bless my wife. I get to show her my love through my actions, show her that, man, I, 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 I saw that you need to help this. I, I want to do this out of love for you. And guess what happens? <laughs> she comes in the room, and she sees the dishes, and she looks at me, and she sees that there's two sponges there. And she said, what sponge did you use? <laughs> there, there was no thank you or anything like that. It was first response, what sponge did you use? And I'm like, uh, the one under, under the sink. And she's like, why would you do that? What, what crossed your mind? Why would you do that? And I was astounded. I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, like do what? Wash the dishes? What, you, why would I wash the dishes? I thought you would want me. No, no, not the, not the dishes. The sponge. Why did you get that sponge? And I'm seeing like I apparently did something really bad here, <laughs> seeing her reaction. Um, you know, it's like, well, uh, I looked at the sponge on top, and it looked kind of ratty and torn, and so I decided, well, let, I'm going to use the sponge underneath here. It's just sitting out. And she's like, no, that, that the sponge on top, why didn't you just pick the obvious one? It was sitting there. It was ready to be used. It was still good. And she said, why did you get the other one? And the, that one on the bottom shelf, she said, it, I used it for something else. It, it had a different purpose, and, and it's full of harmful chemicals. And you just use that to clean all of our dishes. And now all of our dishes are covered in the chemi- the toxic chemicals from that sponge. And I was like, whoa, boy, did I mess up today. And just so we get the scoreboard straightened out, I did not earn my thousand points. I got a minus one point for using the toxic sponge, but I did get a plus one point because I did redo all of the dishes, but the total is still zero. (laughs) So all that to have zero points. (laughs) You know, I... um, when I think about that story, and as funny as it is, as it is to me personally, um, I think about what I've often heard said, that our minds are like sponges, and that we, we absorb whatever we put in them or whatever we get around. It gets absorbed. And whenever pressure gets added to it, Whatever is, has been 
inside of the sponge, whatever the sponge has soaken up, it, pressure will make it come out. And even when I have the sponge and, and my intentions are to use the sponge to help, when pressure is added to it, all I'm doing is spreading harm. And I think that when the pressures of life come upon us, whatever's inside of us, whenever those pressures come, it's a test to see what's really in there. It's a test to see what's in there. And if we've been soaking up and just believing in, in the lies that Satan has thrown our way for year after year, and sleepless night after sleepless night, and countless times of exhaustion, whatever it may be, all those lies that we have soaked up over time turn out to harm us. It turns out to harm us. Ephesians 5.11 says, To have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Sometimes we have toxic inside of us, and we don't even know it. Just like I didn't know the difference between the two sponges. In fact, the good one looked less appealing than the bad one. And so sometimes those toxic things look appealing on the outside. But really, when we soak it up, it becomes toxic to our soul. But you've been made to be free. And now, how can we expose a lie? That's a great question. How can we expose a lie? And the simple answer is, you've got to know the truth. You gotta know the truth. But how can I know the truth? How can I know the truth? And this is what Jesus says. That's a great question. So let's turn to John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now I want you to pause at this verse and look at it real careful. Because a lot of people will say, I know Jesus. I know him. In fact, I go to church and I'm reading scripture. I know, I know Jesus and I know he has forgiven me. And so therefore, if I know Jesus, I know truth. And that's sort of true. But let's look what Jesus says more specifically. Jesus said, if, and anytime you see the word if, it means a decision must be made. A decision. That if you hold to my teaching, Jesus says, hold to my teaching, that's when you're really my disciple, then you will know the truth. But you're not going to know the truth before you hold to my teaching. So hold to his teaching. Don't just say, I know him or I know the truth and I know I've been forgiven. We must hold. We must make a, a daily decision to stand firm, as the Apostle Paul says. Don't go back to yoke of slavery and Jesus is saying the same thing. It's like, stick with my teaching. Make a daily decision. You stick with, stick with my teaching. Then you will know the truth. And because you know the truth, you're able to expose a lie. And the truth will set you free. It will set you free. You know, what will also help you with this is inviting others into your life. Inviting others. Because not all of us know all the toxic areas. Back to this sponge, you know what? If Rachel did not come 
into the kitchen in a panic. And had I already put away all of those dishes and then throughout the week feed my family from toxic-induced dishes that I put there, I would have never had known that I had done that had not Rachel come in the room. Someone who knew the truth, she said, she said, you know, it's got toxic in that. And thank God that she did that. But you know what? We need that in each other's lives. We need that in each other's lives. Galatians 6, 1 through 3, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, let me just identify sin right here real quick. Sin means, sin means to miss the mark. And some people think, I don't have it all so bad. You know, I, I, I got the church thing and the Bible thing. I don't have it all so bad. I'm not, I'm not a terrible person. And that might be true, but you know what? The Bible also says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It, it's an archery term. It means, it means none of us can be perfect without Jesus Christ. He's the only perfect one. All of us have missed the mark, even if it's by a margin. All of us have sinned, so... Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, let me just say, those who have been hurt but now are healed, those who weren't, were once in a prison and have been set free, you who live by the Spirit, you should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. So carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something... When they are not, they deceive themselves. Hey, don't, don't deceive yourself. Don't think you got it all figured out. Don't assume you don't have blind spots or areas where there's toxic that might be oozing out when you don't even know it. Share your burdens with others. Action step number two, you've got to refute the lie. It's one thing to see it, but you've got to refute the lie, you've got to say, wait, I, I see this area in my life now, and, and, and now I'm going to stand up against it. I'm going to say that that is wrong. That is not who I am. I'm made to be free. That is not something that's supposed to be in me or a part of me, and that thought is not supposed to be taking me captive. I'm meant to be free. You've got to refute this lie to say it's not true. You know, Satan, just remember, Satan wants you to continue Believing in lies at all costs. Even if, even if you catch on to his lies and you identify, oh, I see it now, I see it now. Guess what? His next lie would be, uh, don't go to God's word about it. Just, just grab another self-help book and that'll be okay. And he especially will give this lie to you. Satan will say, oh, you see, you see the lie, okay? Don't tell anyone. You keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. You've got to figure it out, just you and God, you and God. Well, guess what, folks? We need each other. God made us to be in community together, brothers and sisters in the family of Christ, His church, so that we can help each other, carry each other's burdens, help each other expose those lies, help each other refute those lies, and guess what? Even be healed from them. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins. Con confess your shortcomings, your, your weaknesses, your struggles, where you have missed the mark, those habits. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
God wants you to be healed. And it is not normal to go through life struggling in hurt and in harm and in depression and being weighed down by those thoughts and feelings that are taking you captive. We live in a world that says that's just normal. That's just life. Yeah, well, Jesus also said life's going to have trouble. But he's overcome the world. And the scripture also says that you are more than an overcomer. As if being an overcomer wasn't enough. You're more than that through Jesus. Life's not meant to go through it struggling and hurt. You've been made to be free. Confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. It's not okay to go through life hurting because that's not who you've been made to be. When I was in soccer in high school, my senior year, we, uh, we were in the state championship. In fact, it was the game before the state championship, and we were in that for two years. But my senior year was like the golden year, right? And I was the captain of the team, and I was really proud of everybody and, and, and everything that we've accomplished together as a team. And here it is, the game before the big one. And somebody, on purpose, takes me out of the game. They, they, they took a blow to my leg, and it took me out of the game, and I was injured. And I was, <laughs> I was just furious that the, ga- the very next game was the big one. And here I am sitting on the sidelines because it wasn't even my fault, but someone else caused the pain in my life. It was someone else's fault that I've got this injury. It was someone else's fault that I'm limping around now and I have to watch everyone else get to do what they want to do. And here I am stuck. And I was so mad. I was so frustrated. And the coach just said, Noel, I've got, I have a game plan for you. I know you want to be out there, but, but I want you to be healed. You've got a big life ahead of you. you. You can't let this one game, you can't let this one moment deter you from the rest of your life. And I've got a healing strategy for you. You've got to just sit, sit here and just trust me. I want, I want to see you get better. I care for you, and I want you to get better. And I could not accept that advice from my coach. So the next game comes, and I'm still limping around, and I'm still sitting there, and I was just fuming on the inside because I believed a lie that day. It was a deep-set pride moment. When I thought that I was so valuable to my team that they couldn't win without me. And I believed the lie that I had to play on my injury. And I argued with the coach until he finally said, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> he's probably like, <laughs> he's not going to last long. <laughs> but he put me in. After I was just enraged, I said, you will put me in. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. And guess what? We did win the game. They probably would have been fine without me, to be honest. But we won the game, and, and what caused my injury led me, and then, and then my decision to continue to play, it led me to be in an injury state for even longer. And instead of what could have been days, it was week after week after week that I had prolonged and made worse the injury in my leg. And for a long time in my life, I had to limp around. I had to limp around because I had this torn muscle in my leg. And it was causing me severe pain. 
But had I listened to the healing plan of my coach, I would have been healed. I think too many of us today have believed the lie that we're just, it's okay to limp through life. That's just how it is. I'm forgiven. I know that Jesus died for me, but here I am. I'm always going to have this struggle and I'm never going to be free. I'm just going to keep limping along. I got news for you. You were made to be free. That's who you are. That's who Jesus says you've been made to be. In Romans 5, 8, sorry, in Romans 8, 5 through 6, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things that the flesh desires. And those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their mind set on the, what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I want you to notice something here in this verse. It starts out by saying, how I live. And what am I living according to? The way I live, my, my outside behavior, my habits, and what am I doing? And guess what? My, my outside external behavior starts somewhere. It starts in the mind. What is my mind set on? Is it set on the flesh, which is selfish, motivated desires, the sinful nature, um, or, or is it on the spirit? Is it others' focus? Is it on the Lord? Is it based on His truth? And here's the, here's the third thing. So it's my actions, my mindset, and then below that it says the mind governed by. That means it's controlled by something. It's, the mindset is getting direction from somewhere or someone. And this, the scripture says it's either coming from death or it's coming from the spirit of life. Where is your mindset coming from? Action step number three is to proclaim the truth. Expose the lie. Refute the lie. Now you've got to proclaim the truth. Another reminder, Satan is not all-powerful. And he has nothing on you because you've been made more than an overcomer through Christ. You know, Satan's not all-powerful. He, he does not have the privilege to know what's inside of your heart. Why is that? Because God made your heart. He doesn't have the privilege to know the thoughts in your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking. But he wants you to think that he does. He wants you to, he wants you to believe that he knows your thoughts and he can see your heart. He can see your feelings. Guess what? He can't. That's not his privilege. Only God knows the heart. Only God knows the mind. Only God knows our motivations because only God made you. Satan did not make you. Satan cannot control you. He has no power over you. Do not let your mind be set on that. And so why is it important to proclaim truth as an action step? Because if Satan can get you to just believe, to keep your mouth shut, he's going to keep throwing those darts in your mind. He's going to keep throwing those darts. He's going to keep making you believe you are a captive to those thoughts instead of you taking captive to your thoughts. It is time today. Don't just expose the lie and refute the lie, but speak out against it. It's time today for you to wage the war because you have been given the victory through Jesus, and He lives within you. You are more than forgiven. You are free. You are more than an overcomer. You've been set free. Hear these words from 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage wars the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but it's on the contrary. They have divine power to do what? What? 
to demolish strongholds. You know that thought pattern that's been in your mind and you think it's just, it's just an oops, but it's been happening year after year. It's been 20 years maybe you've been thinking this way or been struggling with what other people think about you and you have not been living the life and freedom that God has made you to be in. Get loose of those strongholds by speaking out the truth that I'm not a slave to that. You speak that out. I see that you've been telling me I'm a slave to this thought, I'm a slave to this habit, but I'm speaking that out in the name of Jesus that I'm not. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I'm free through Jesus Christ. You know, a stronghold is anything that's got a hold of you strongly. Let the Lord help you identify those strongholds and be set free. Let's continue reading here in verse 5. This is still 2 Corinthians. It says, For we demolish those arguments. You remember those arguments you have inside? We demolish those arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, not some book on a shelf, but we, you, take every thought captive. And you make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Satan does not want you to know you've got this power. Satan wants you to think that those thoughts will forever have you captive. But it's time today that you take those thoughts, you take those thoughts back to the prison cell. You put them in there. You turn that key and you walk away because you have been set free in Jesus' name today. You've been set free and it's time to live in freedom. I want you to pray with me. If you're watching this, I want to ask a couple questions. If you are a Christian and you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you know you're forgiven, but you know that you're not free, I want to say a prayer with you. And if you know maybe you are not a believer and you just know of Jesus, but you've not fully committed to him, I want to pray for you too today. So let's, let's, I want you to right where you are, close your eyes, bow your heads, be, open your heart, open your mind to the Lord, and just admit to Him, Lord Jesus, I have been struggling. I've been, I've been a prisoner of war in my mind, and I need a prison break today. I need to, to be made free. You've made me free, and so I'm going to proclaim that truth, and you, you pray this out loud. I refute the lie of you fill in the blank. Do it right now. I refute the lie of worry or doubt or feeling shameful. Refute those lies in Jesus' name. And then announce, say, now say, and I announce that I have been made free in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm free from that bondage of sin. I'm, I'm free from this shame and this guilt. I'm free from lust. I'm free from slavery. I'm free from being made a prisoner in my mind. And I'm free from these bad thoughts and habits and this sin that I have allowed. I'm made free in Jesus' name. You speak that out right where you are with your mouth. Let the devil hear it today so he knows to get away. Because he has no right and no authority over you in Jesus' name. You proclaim the truth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that we've been made free. Thank you that you give us the power to expose the lie, refute the lie, and to proclaim the truth that you have made us free, for we are free 
indeed. Thank you, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What an amazing service that was. So excited that you were here to join us today. I want to remind you once again, if you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests, or you want to get more connected, head over to churchexperience.tv connect. Let us know what you thought about today's service. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to get back to you. If you want some more Church Experience content throughout your week, head over to our social media pages, our Facebook, our Instagram. Head over to the website. We would love to keep you updated with everything going on here at Church Experience. Well, that's all from us here at Church Experience. Until next week, we'll see you.